Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. The great Greg Amzinger, a product of St. Louis and the Lindenwood University, joins us as he does every Thursday. You can uh, see Greg on MLB Tonight every night after every game. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Uh, not every Thursday, apparently. Um, yeah, you know, the, the feeling I have uh, right now, and I think only Randy can uh, understand this feeling, when you show up and you didn't do your homework and uh, the, the, the teacher looks at you, and you try not to make a lot of eye contact, and you're sitting there, and you know you didn't do your homework, and you know it's going to be a really bad day, and you're just, like, putting your head down, and you're trying to survive. After blowing you guys off last week, I feel really guilty, and I feel terrible, and I clearly need an assistant. I need someone who tells me where to be. I'm not good at that. And it's just common sense stuff. That's the hardest part of television for me. You know what it is? What? It's getting to my production meeting on time. <laughs> That's the hardest part of television for me. Why am I this way? Well, uh, because you are a creative sort. You're left-handed. And th- th- this happens. It's, it's a very good excuse that I have put to use many a time, Greg. And I, I would suggest that you just go with it and see what they say. There's nothing. Well, uh, you, you aren't going to be wrong. Either way, you're not going to be wrong. You know, Randy's got a different tone when he snaps into the BS mode. Because you can clear, yeah. clearly hear he's had to use the BS mode of his voice numerous times to make excuses for his behavior. <laughs> Let me you don't really something. hear it all that much on the radio. But it's clearly in there when he needs it. Greg, let me tell you something. I never went into a class unprepared and coward and didn't make eye contact. I always said to the teacher, hey, how are you doing this morning? Good to see you. <laughs> you, were like, you were like Max Scherzer. Exactly. Don't clean the glove off. Okay. Exactly. And then you go back in the dugout, you put more stick to, sticky stuff on your glove, and you come right back out into the game. And you're like, go ahead, check me out. I dare you to throw me out. I, I, that, that was my question. What did you make of, of, of Max Scherzer getting tossed and his reaction to that happening? Well, listen, everyone wants to defend Max Scherzer. If you love baseball, why wouldn't you want to defend Max Scherzer? On this show, he's from St. Louis. We should all defend St. Louis and Max Scherzer. But at the end of the day, when the umpires say it's the stickiest hand they have felt, (laughs) it's the stickiest hand they've ever felt. There's something to that. You just won an award, Max Scherzer. We either need to, like, get your sweat checked. Or we need to really understand that something was going on with you yesterday. So I'm sorry. If you have the stickiest man hand in all of baseball, then maybe we need to really address something because this is something to check for. Sticky hands. And you have the stickiest hand they've ever felt. When you listen to uh, Bellino, the umpire's description of it, it kind of grosses you out. I read the quote loud, uh, out loud on television last night. And like, <laughs> once we touched his hand, we our fingers couldn't wouldn't stop being <laughs> And I'm like, ew! <laughs> All the umpires, so I'm like hand sanitizer because that sounds like COVID 2.0. It's gross.
Well, it's funny, Greg, because it's, I think, like, a few days ago or a week ago, he was literally on a podcast talking about how it's hard to tell the difference between rosin, how you can make it really sticky uh, compared to an illegal substance. You think he was just trying to cover his tracks a little bit? I think they're all trying to get an edge. And he was pitching against his old team, the Los Angeles Dodgers. He really wanted to perform well. He came in with an ERA over four. And my biggest gripe with this, okay, and, and I argue with Dan Plesak, pitched in the big leagues for 18 years. He's like, look, the number one thing pitchers want is a good grip. And these baseballs today, they're not rubbed up like they used to be rubbed up. Uh, they come in very slick. And he's like, and, and, and I'm going to tell you something, Greg. Every hitter, they want me to have perfect grip for that baseball because if i don't i go let wait let me cut you off i know this is gonna end you're gonna hit me in the head that's the only outcome of this if you have perfect grip i get hit in the head that's the only thing that happens it's not a ball four you're erratic around the plate it's not a hanging slider right it's not like you hang a slider when you don't have perfect grip and i can hit a home run no the only outcome apparently if a pitcher has bad grip is hitting the hitter in the head which to me is complete BS. Max Scherzer wanted the psychological confidence of having pinpoint command with his pitches. And after the game, a reporter asked him, hey, you know, um, your spin rate really didn't go up at all, and your velocity was up just 1.4 miles per hour. And he goes, thank you. Exactly. I got no competitive edge. That's complete BS. It's his confidence to have that baseball in his hand and throw a two-seam fastball that starts at the hip of Max Muncie and then just slides to the right and catches the inside part of the plate. If he has that much confidence to throw that pitch because his confidence, his grip is so immense, to me, I don't need the numbers and the data to, to, to tell me whether or not he had an advantage. Confidence is an advantage, and he had it in that game. He was cruising through three innings. So I, I disagree that the only outcome of a sticky substance is a guy getting hit in the head. That just makes no sense to me. Well, he did swear on his kid's life, Greg, so that's pretty serious. <laughs> but I have another question for you. We we had Wednesdays with Wayno obviously going on yesterday, and Wainwright talked about that with the rule changes, he feels like the game is going too fast. What do you think? We're a few weeks in now. What do you think of how the rules are going? Is there anything that you think you would change or something that you're hearing around the league? Uh, Alex Avila, uh, I was on TV with him last night. His father was a longtime GM of the Detroit Tigers. And, and, and he said, I want, I want five more seconds added to all situations. So with no one on base, I want it to be 20 seconds. Uh, when there's someone on base, I want it to be 23. He was, I just feel like as I watch the, the, the ebbs and flows of the game, when there's no one on base, third inning of a scoreless game, it's not going the speed it should be going. It needs to slow down just a hair. And I, I kind of looked at him and I go, we're not really worried about you. <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're not really worried about me. We're not really worried about anybody that's got a, a job right now that, or is old enough to drive. We want young people to watch baseball. We want young people to play baseball. We want them to sit and, and be excited that the game's on television or on their iPad or on their phone. We want it moving at a speed that is conducive to the future of the game. No offense, Adam Wainwright. I, I adore the man. But we all have to get on board. This is a rule that as o- older people that love baseball, we all have to enjoy it. We all have to get on it. reminds me of my first job in Terre Haute, Indiana. And my news director was a woman that didn't like sports. Her name was Jeannie Garner. And what she told me was, and she had a terrific career. I guess I'm calling her out a little bit. She actually worked in St. Louis for a while. And she knows our holiday. I'll tell you that. Anyway, 
What she told me was, I want a human interest story out of you every single day in the six o'clock sportscast. I'm like, well, that's, that sounds kind of hard to do. She's like, or you're not going to have three minutes of sports. you got to give me a human interest feature. I'm like, I just think people in the, in the market, they, they kind of want sports. And she's like, this is how people in sports work, okay? They're going to watch anyway. Mm. They're watching anyway. You have to get the 80% of people who don't watch sports to watch your sportscast. And that, like, stuck with me. And it's always stuck with me throughout my entire career. So when you watch MLB Tonight, I envision a married couple sitting on the couch and the husband's watching MLB Tonight again. And his wife's like, do we really have to watch baseball all day long? And then she hears me and please say goofing off. And maybe she's like, well, these guys to herself, these guys are kind of funny. I'll just sit here quietly and let my husband enjoy this baseball game. I'm trying to cater to the 80% that isn't fixated with baseball. And these rule changes, we're, we're catering the sport to the people that don't love it yet, the people that aren't obsessed with it yet, and we're trying to bring in new fans. If you're already hooked, let's all go to Starbucks together. we got a caffeine problem. But we're trying to get other people in line at Starbucks. That's the key of these rule changes, and I, I think we're all eventually going to get used to it. Greg, if you're one of those fans from my generation, you remember the Oakland A's of the early 70s with Reggie Jackson and Sal Bando and Catfish Hunter and Vita Blue. If you're one of those fans from the 80s, you remember Dave Stewart and Ricky Henderson and Dave Henderson and the the, the uh, Bash Brothers. If you're from a decade after that, you remember the advent of Moneyball and Billy Bean. Boy, with the apparent move of the Athletics to Vegas, and I'm not begrudging them. I think that they need to get out of Oakland because they aren't getting any benefit. But at the same time, it really is tearing out a big page or a chapter or several chapters of the history of the game. It is, um, but I embrace change. I love the idea that there will be a state-of-the-art ballpark that maybe there'll be more than 3,000 fans in the stadium. Uh, last week, uh, Kodai Senga had a, a fan. Kodai Senga is the new pitcher uh, of the New York Mets, and he had a fan in the stands in Oakland uh, who was putting up ghosts signs for every strike because he's got a ghost fork ball. It's like an invisible pitch, right? And every time he got a strikeout, his favorite fan, number one fan, was putting up ghost signs. And the Oakland A's security came up and they tossed him and two of his friends out of the game. Like, they tossed him out of the game for, for doing that. They tossed out like 28% of the attendance for that game. <laughs> and they tossed him out of the game. <laughs> it is such an, an eyesore that one of the 30 major league teams, A, has a roster that looks like the Oakland A's, has a ballpark that is falling apart when their their brother, I guess, or sister, you could say, the San Francisco Giants, is right across the bay selling out, unbelievable ballpark, crown jewel in the sport. It makes absolutely no sense. They're not going to put a competitive product on the field until they get a new ballpark. So this is where we are. And it just it didn't work out. It ran its course. And I am thrilled to wake up this morning to hear that Las Vegas is going to be a new market in our sport. Absolutely thrilled to have fans who are clearly ready to support professional sports. When LeBron James says he wants to own an NBA team mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, you know there's something to it. Uh, I just, we're, getting, we're getting closer to where I personally want to be, which is 32 teams in Major League Baseball and all 32 markets really supporting the product. Right now, we have 
with this news, we're going to have 29 markets supporting the product. We've got one more left to address. And to me, the Tampa Bay Rays are the best team in baseball. I said it before the season started that they're going to win the World Series. They'll never draw 20,000 fans until the postseason. And that's a problem, too. And, Greg, to hit on Oakland, if, if you lose three franchises in five years, the Raiders going to Vegas, the Warriors going over the Bay to San Francisco, and now the A's, if, if you lose three in five years, that's not a team's problem. That's a you problem. That's a you problem in Oakland. And I'm with you. I, do, I don't blame the teams for leaving at all because Oakland certainly isn't showing the desire that St. Louis and Missouri showed to try to keep the Rams in St. Louis. 100%. It's a completely different situation, but I, I will say, and we saw the Rams kind of fall off a cliff in terms of performance uh, towards the end. We haven't seen anything like what we've seen with the Oakland A's. I mean, the Oakland A's have not had a competitive product in years. And, and if Matt Chapman got good, you had to trade him. If Matt, Ol- Matt Olson got good, that means you got to trade him. When Sean Murphy is what, a sophomore in Major League Baseball, and you're going to have to trade him too because arbitration is going to kill you. I mean, it, 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 it's a problem where Greg Amsinger would be the third highest paid player right now on the Oakland A's. That, that's a, <laughs> that is a problem. Their highest paid player is a reliever. It's not even their closer. Like, it's just a journeyman reliever. That's not the way the game was constructed to be. So, uh, brighter days ahead and the Las Vegas Athletics, I'm all in. I'm going to go buy a T-shirt. Hey, Greg, one uh, one pro tip from a veteran for you. When you, you don't show up the week before and we say you're with us every Thursday, all you have to do is say, hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> you don't have to bring it up. <laughs> I know. I just feel guilty sometimes. I used to behave that way. I, I really did. And uh, matter of fact, I'll share one more story. We had a great chemistry teacher. He loved chemistry. His name was Mr. Randolph at St. Charles High. He loved chemistry like I love baseball. But I love I love chemistry as, like, as much as I love changing my cat's kitty litter. Okay, I hated it. And I found, I did the math, and this is something that Randy probably did when he was in high school. On the final, I figured out that all I needed was a 52% to get, to get a D on the final. I needed 52%. Kids, oh, kids, kids stop do listening. not listen to Uncle Greg right now. Stop so listening. I realized that it was a scantron for multiple choice. I realized that if I put C for every question, they say it was 54% of all, of all questions is, is a C. So I think it's a two-hour window to take this test. I wrote C, and I was done in like 45 seconds. I filled in C on every single question. I turned it in, and, and Mr. Randolph, I don't even think Mr. Randolph's with us anymore. He was a very short little man, bald, and you could see the veins popping out of his head, right? And he's like, get out of my classroom. I'm like, I'm sorry, but okay, I'll see you later. And I got a 56%, and I got the D that I needed. But oh looking God. back, looking back, I am ashamed. I am ashamed as I just like I was ashamed no. that I missed your show last you week. You should be so. proud. Greg, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And 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 Carrie and Brooke are infuriated with me because I, I made the point and it's completely accurate and it's not hard for us because we're passionate about baseball. But I, I said in in life, never give a hundred percent because then your superiors will accept expect it. So I don't. Um, I, I didn't in school. And, and and these guys think, oh, that's a bad idea. And I say, no, it's a great idea. Kids are on their way to school. I just want you all to know that. I know. The kids are driving to school right now. They just, great hamstring. I can't watch them week tonight anymore. My parents won't let me. I just lost viewers in St. Louis. I know I did. No, the, the takeaway from this kids conversation is C. 
Oh, Randy. Uh, Randy. Uh, we, we need the rest of you. I'm sorry. Randy and I are bad influences. Um, I don't know how we became successful in life. It was all purely accidental. But we need the rest of you to, to clean our mess up on this show. Please clean up our mess. You're the best. Thank you, man. It, it's great to watch every night. How are you doing without Harold there? I know it's different. I, I was watching both shows yesterday, and it is, it's different. How is it for you without Harold on the late you know, night show? The hardest, thing, the hardest thing for me to get used to is speaking without being interrupted. That is really. <laughs> Man, I'm wildly uncomfortable like I'm waiting like I'm like I'm flinching like someone's got to start it. I actually told Dan please I get a commercial like, can you start talking over me like I don't like finishing all my things <laughs> that's the number one artist thing is that aspect of the show but I dearly love Harold and he's doing a great job in the early MLB tonight and so far so good man I think the show's been great and uh, if we could spread the wealth on the network it's good for everybody absolutely and you have a great product Greg thanks so much good to talk to you we will do so again soon all right take care guys see you brother that is uh, Greg Amzinger MLB Network I'm glad that somebody is hey just get a D 